Welcome to Grace Story Podcast. We're here to connect you with education, resources, and community that equip you for the journey of restoration. My name is Nate Davison, and I am your host here at Grace Story Podcast. Welcome back uh, to yet another episode. I hope the last two weeks have been one of growth for you and one of moving forward on your journey of restoration. Now, this week, we're going to be uh, talking to Missy Lum. Uh, she is a mother of two kids, a military wife. She has lived overseas and uh, faced uh, times at home in, in the United States where her husband was on multiple deployments over the past couple decades, um, just living a life and developing tools to be there to support her husband as he serves our country. Missy also writes devotionals and has a blog where she shares her thoughts on things uh, from a Christian worldview. You can take a look at that at missylum.com, and we'll be sure to put that uh, as a link in the show notes. This is such a great episode. I know you're going to love it. Uh, Missy does such a great job of uh, letting us in on what it's like to be in a military family these days, the struggles they go through, the heartaches, uh, the challenges, but also uh, the positivity of it, the, the opportunities and how much she loves it. But I'll let her tell you all about that as we go to our conversation with Missy Lum right now. Missy Lum. Good to have you on Grace Story Podcast today for this episode. How are you doing? Really excited. I'm excited to be on something that is a Grace Story. That's exciting. I love this ministry. Oh, that's awesome. And I feel the same way. I would, uh, I, I'm going to be a part of this for as long as I possibly can. Um, and speaking of things that we're a part of, you are a part of a group of people uh, that are almost uh, 690,000 people strong. That's spouses of people in the military. Wow. Um, that is uh, quite the group to be a part of. That's a big number. Yeah. And that's just, I was looking it up. That's just the active duty. So if you start thinking about retired or veterans or, you know, uh, those that are killed in action, all those things, those, National Guard, those, uh, Reserve. that group gets even bigger. Yeah. Um, so it's my understanding you just got back stateside from living overseas for how long? We were there for almost three years this time. So we were in Germany for four years, our very first duty station. And we were actually went back to the exact same spot that it all started. So yeah, we just got back uh, three weeks ago. Wow. So take me back to, because I'm assuming before you got married, this wasn't your lifestyle of just, you know, going to another country and <laughs> setting up shop. And, and, you know, sometimes I guess being a single mother too, um, cause there's a lot involved there, you know, when, when he's out on tour or, or training or whatever it may be, what, what goes through your mind as you are preparing for uh, marriage and you know, this is going to happen and then preparing to go overseas and start this kind of a lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, so I remember when we, when my husband and I were dating and he had brought up the military and, you know, I mean, I have no, I had no prior experience. So I didn't have a family member that I knew kind of what this lifestyle was going to be about. All I really knew at the time, I mean, this was back, we were dating 2001, 2002. And so all I really knew was that uh, 9-11 had happened and everybody that I knew that was a soldier that I had seen in the news really about 
army, military, was that they were going to deploy. And so <laughs> that's really all I had had in my mind when we were dating. So I, I don't know. I wasn't, I mean, I knew whenever we got married that we were, he was thinking about it, but we were married for a whole year before he joined the army. So that was actually really helpful. So you go through a time, and I remember that time. Uh, It's crazy to think about there are those that don't remember that time. I'm starting to feel old. Uh, But I was in high school when all that went down. And, you know, here we are 20 years later, um, you know, with the politics around how the Afghanistan war is is ending. Um, But during that time, so much uncertainty. And yeah, everybody's getting called up and everybody wants to go over. Some people are volunteering. But we don't often think about the families at home and those that are missing those that are overseas. As you're thinking about that, what are some of those tools that that you have developed to keep that anxiety at bay, kind of balancing the loneliness of him being gone, um, being overseas, uh, you're alone? That has to be very, very overwhelming is the only word I can think of. Yeah. I would say overwhelming would be a great word, but also thinking as you were asking that question, our very first duty station was in Germany. And as soon as we got there, we, we arrived and uh, my husband's uh, direct, I guess you in civilian life, you would call it like their direct supervisor, but it was his um, platoon platoon sergeant came out and told him that he shouldn't get comfortable because he was going to deploy. And we, I mean, th- mm. this was like, I, we still had our luggage <laughs> when, you know, and so I looked at him and I looked at her and I was like, I'm not staying, I'm going home. But then, you know, the next day we, we talked about it and I, I mean, I was praying. I didn't, you know, what are you, what are you supposed to do? I'm in this foreign country and my husband's about to go to war. And so, uh, I remember very specifically a another military spouse, somebody that I, I really ended up looking up to, but she just looked like a very strong, strong military spouse. What I, in my mind, had envisioned, yes, I like that. I want to be like that. And um, she said, in that moment, she said, I am, I am going to stay here. I'm not going anywhere. This is where my place is. I am to be here with my husband. I'm not going home. That's not what we do. And I was like, okay, I guess that's not what we do. So I'm not going to go home. I'm going to stay and I'm going to support my husband the best I can. And so um, looking up to some of the spouses that have gone before us, I think that is a huge, that helps a lot. That's a huge um, tool that we have available to us that I think some of us, whenever you're younger in the military, you don't realize that you have this army of spouses ready to help you. Well, there's, there's obviously a lot of rule books and regulations for those that are in the military, but when it comes to how to be a supportive family member, I I, I don't think there's anything, maybe there's a book written somewhere. Maybe you could write a book (laughs) about how to do that. Uh, but you talk about that being one of the biggest tools for you. Do people in that community seek you out like that every time? Or are there ways that you had to create and find community uh, each time you moved or, or keeping it fresh? How did that work? Well, in the Army, there's 
in the army chapels, there's a ministry ministry called PWOC, it's Protestant Women of the Chapel. And almost every duty station that we've gone to, those are the women that I look for. That's the group that I, I go find because that's usually where we find our community, where I find my community. Um, that's where a lot of seasoned older spouses, that's where you're gonna find a lot of your chaplain spouses. Um, it's where a lot of younger women go to find somebody like, hey, I need help. <laughs> and so a lot of the women there are more than happy and willing to to help and share. Everybody wants everybody wants to tell what they know. And so it's fun to be able to just learn about different people and their experiences and then how that is able to help you or just find your people, really. Well, it doesn't sound like, and correct me if I'm wrong, but it doesn't sound like there's a lot of, um, I don't know what the word is, consistency or, you know, planning that you can make in, in being this, having this role of a military spouse. Um, how much ups and downs and changes and uh, diversions and plan changes from the military uh, is there uh, in your life? There's a joke that it's like, okay, we've got plan A, B, C, D, you know, because plan A never works out. Plan B, maybe, but possibly it'll change too. And so, you know, there's the joke like a military spouse has plan A, B, C, D, <laughs> all of these plans just in case, just in case something doesn't happen. So um, there's no planning. <laughs> and so that's been super hard for me because I like to plan, but um, I just keep thinking of that verse over and over again this last time. Definitely. Uh, the, the ways of man plans his steps, man plans out his steps, but God establishes his ways. It's in Proverbs. Yeah. Um, and it, it's such a good reminder over and over and over again that we can have all the best plans, but they're never going to happen that way. <laughs> so then what do you do when they don't? Do you fall apart or do we, what do we, what do we do? And so that's something I've, that's been super helpful for me. This PCS, this move um, has been really focusing on that scripture. I don't plan, I don't plan it. The army doesn't plan it. God is bigger than the army. Well, and I, I'm hearing you say, as you're going through the the tools that you developed, scripture, community, uh, forced flexibility, um, <laughs> you know, all these things that develop you and, and inadvertently or purposely, whatever it may be, build resilience. Um, how has your resilience uh, grown through, through all the years going and not knowing what's happening next and just being there for your husband? Man, that is so true. Those, those tools you just mentioned, community, scripture, forced flexibility. I've never really put a <laughs> definition to that, but that's exactly what it is. Those are, are huge. And I think that growing in my faith, um, growing in, in the word has been a huge, a huge part of, of learning how to adapt to this life. And I feel like, I don't know, we'll never get it. I don't know that I ever get it a hundred percent right, but but I feel like I'm definitely better off now than when I when I was as a brand new military spouse because, you know, look, I've I've seen how far God has brought me and that has grown my faith. 
in in knowing that he has a plan, seeing every his hand in every single move that we've made. Well, and speaking of those moves, I mean, you've gone to different cultures and you've experienced a lot of things over the last is it two decades, I guess. Um, <laughs> you know what what is what are things that you've learned from life in other cultures that you may not have learned otherwise? I think one of the biggest things when we just moved back this last time, as soon as we landed, we got into the airport. The very first word that came over to my came through my mind was excess. There was like everything was more than what I remembered. You know, instead of just three options for coffee, there were like 50, you know, and I walked up to the the very first thing I did, I walked up to the lady at the counter and I said, I would just like a coffee with milk. <laughs> I don't know which one of those fits that category, but that's all I want. <laughs> so she probably still gave you, is that small, large, medium, yeah, extra right? large, yeah, yeah. iced, yes. not iced? <laughs> right. Yes. Right. Exactly. So in, in Germany, you know, when you get coffee, you usually get it at a bakery and they give it to you in a cup and you can order a cappuccino, a latte, or black coffee, you know? And so you, and, it, and the cappuccino is not the same as the cappuccino in the States. And so um, just only having three choices, you know, you try them and you're like, oh, this is the one I want. So you know what to expect. So um, I would say there was just, there's a lot, there's a lot here in America. That's, that is definitely something that being overseas has shown me. Well, in liberty and freedom for all, a lot of us, you know, it, it comes to choices. I, I, I need choices for everything. Otherwise, my freedoms are being limited. Yeah. Um, and that's not freedom for me. That's that's a very American ideal, which I'm, I'm OK with all the choices personally. But, yeah. you know, that's that's another conversation for, <laughs> right. for American ideals. Uh, but moving forward in kind of talking about other cultures, what about Christ followers as you've moved through communities overseas and work to grow your faith and uh, find those communities of faith that will help you grow and help you build resilience. What have you learned about Christ followers in other cultures? Well, I think the army has the, anyway, I keep saying army because that's the branch of military service that we're in, but the army has such a diverse group of cultures that come together. And I absolutely have loved that. So this last duty station, I had met um, one, one of my friends was from Italy and the other was from Peru. And so listening to them and learning who they are and what they are uh, just really fueled into to what like Bible study even. And I, I'll give you an example of uh, my friend, Elenia, She's from Italy and we were studying through the book of Matthew together. And I, you know, I mean, I'm looking at it through the lens of an American and she's looking at it through the lens of an Italian. And so as we're reading through it together, we get to Matthew eight and it's talking about the centurion and how uh, the Roman centurion comes to Jesus and Jesus, uh, he's asking Jesus for some healing. And Jesus says, truly, I tell you, I have not found anyone that has such great faith. And after we finished reading that and going over that, she she said, that's me. I'm the Roman centurion. Like that is, that's my culture, you know? And so she had this connection with this Roman centurion. And it was just so, 
so awesome to see her put herself in into scripture that way. And so um, that's just one example. There are so many others that I have pulled from just uh, having friends from different parts of the world. It's been it's been incredible. Well, that worldview is something that, you know, we talk about a lot um, and cultural views definitely play into that. But for you, going through those cultures and being exposed to other Christians, um, how has that affected your Christian worldview specifically? It is put into perspective so, so much of what Jesus has taught. It's put it into what we read in in the Bible, it's put it into real life. And it, it's trying to cross those cultural barriers sometimes that I think we have a hard time with. And so it's put it in, I feel like it's really just put it into real life for me, showing me what it looks like to love no matter what, you know, no matter what kind of things come, you you love someone anyway, because because we, we share a common bond, we share, um, we share Christ. And so it's, it's, it's definitely brought together. I feel like it's brought together this whole, Jesus loves the little children of the world. You know, how you always think that growing up. Sure, yeah. And so it has brought that into reality that, you know, we all, I mean, we all have something to give in the body of Christ. And so it's been fun to see that what that looks like through different, different cultures. I've really loved that too. Well, looking through different lenses, um, understanding different perspectives can't help but make us grow. And those challenges definitely help with growth. Um, and you're talking about moving all these challenges that you've gone through. But if you could isolate it down to one of the biggest challenges or maybe the top two um, along your journey through military life, um, which is not over yet, but to this point, what what would that be, and and how did you overcome that challenge? Um, I think that it's not so much one or two really big things that have happened because you know I could take you back to deployments, I could take you back to family members passing, I could take you back to uh, uh, personal illness, you know, I could take you back to a couple of other things that would stand out, but really, truly, I think it's the the daily things. It's not so much as a big, huge thing that has, you know, that has affected, affected me. It's just the, the daily challenges every day are what kind of what, what you have to overcome to, to have more endurance for the bigger things. I don't know. Does that make you, does that even make sense? Yeah, it does. And, and it leads me to kind of a heavy question um, along that same line of, when your husband is in a line or your spouse is in a line of work that can end in, you know, their death. Um, it's very real. It's something you know about. It's a risk. And it's why we honor our military uh, uh, veterans and our military members and hold them to, with such high regard because they are willing to make that sacrifice. But for you, um, you are supporting them as they've made that choice. What are ways that you do self-care uh, to avoid living in the dread, the fear of having that knock? We just recently in the news have 13 service members whose family got the knock at the door um, and an American flag and an empty heart. 
So what kind of self-care do you do as a family member to, to not go crazy with that type of ominous thing hanging over your head and your family? Man, this is a hard question. And to be honest, <laughs> getting a little emotional, just, <laughs> just listening to that over again, because, um, it's real. I mean, it is something that we think about. It is something that uh, it's not. It's not normal for someone to have a will um, that's prepared ahead of time, and to to know what are the steps that you take. And I've just been a, a part of been a part of a of a community where we all feel that same way, and so. It's, it's, it's tough. It's tough to even answer that question, to be honest. Um, How do we, how do we cope? Um, How, what do we do? I guess the, I just go back to when my husband was deployed, when he was deployed to Iraq. And there, there are many times where when things like this happen, there's, there's a blackout. And so you can't have, there's no communication that's allowed to take place until family members are notified. And so I, one of the, this was back when MySpace was still up. I can remember every single day I would log into MySpace and see when he logged in last. Because I knew that if he had just logged in in the last couple hours, that he was okay. <laughs> and so th- then also to, um, email. We would email. That's back before cell phones. <laughs> wow, that sure makes you feel kind of old. But we would email, and so that would also help. Um, and I can remember too, when I came back to the states, I would carry a cell phone. My mom let me borrow her cell phone while I was in the states, just in case he called. Um, so it's those kind of things is that that's not really self-care i guess that's more like (laughs) desperate (laughs) a desperate wife just waiting for word for her husband yeah that sounds like survival yeah right um and i would love to tell you i would love to tell you that back then i trusted god to take care of everything i would go to sleep at night without any worry or care for the future you know there's that i keep seeing that so funny i keep seeing that that scripture at Cracker Barrel, Hobby Lobby, uh, she has no fear of the future. <laughs> I would love to tell you I was that woman, but I wasn't. Um, I, w- I wasn't. I mean, I, you know, my mom and dad have been super supportive. Our family, you know, has just been great in praying for us. And, um, you know, just my dad would, I remember my dad had some promises that God had given him and he would send those things like that. I think sometimes when there's so much fear and so much anxiety it's in those times you need those people in your life who will send you send you the scripture verses who will send you the reminders who will um you know just kind of step in for you when you (laughs) when you don't have have the faith in those times that they'll step in and remind you hey you know i'm praying for you i um I care about you. I love you. I, um, I'm praying for your husband and praying for you, your children, all of those things. Having that, yeah, has been, has been a huge, just a huge help and a huge tool in times like that. 
Well, and that goes to something one of our other guests said. Um, it was Joseph Reed in the episode entitled Broken Like Me, where he talked about intentionally building a group of friends around him and preparing them for the time he's going to call them and saying, hey, here's what I'm going to need. I, I know this is going to happen. And so I've got you guys set up where I can rely on you. Yeah. Um, and I can't, I can't imagine just having that over, over top of you. I've never experienced that. I have family members that have uh, who have been in the military. Um, but yeah, no, th- these are some unique things that only, well, I said 690,000, but in the grand scope of the world, that's still a small percentage of the population uh, that you guys experience. Are there, are there more unique needs and hurts in military families that, that civilians might not realize? I think one of the first things that comes to my mind is, uh, especially with what's going on now currently, is the Afghanistan ordeal is bringing up a lot of past past issues. You know, a lot of things that people have have grown from in the 20 years since this has happened, and now a lot of those things are being brought back up. So. I think that is a challenge that is maybe just important to realize that, hey, you know, there's still people hurting from 20, an episode that might have happened 20 years ago or ordeal or incident um, in Afghanistan or Iraq, you know, losing a friend or spouse or something that it's all still very real 20 years later. And, and so I think, you know, that may be something that people could realize. Um, another thing too would be that, uh, that military life is, is hard, but then you add on like normal life stressors. And so for instance, um, there was a New York post that had said, had interviewed a whole bunch of people. And, um, they said that out of the most stressful life events, moving was up there at the top. And so we do that every two to three years. So, you know, I mean, that there's a whole bunch of that that happens in our life. And so a lot of them had said, this is something we never want to do again. Well, (laughs) two to three years later, we are still doing it again. So, you know, I think that those kind of things like, okay, yeah, these are, these are real life stress events, but for us, we do them more than once. So talking about people that, because uh, the last 20 years, one of the, the longest uh, conflicts we've had as a, as a country, it's multi-generational uh, with the, the people who have been involved. Um, if I'm someone in the Grace Story community or somebody who was listening to this podcast episode and I recognize what you're saying, like, yeah, that makes sense to me. Like people might be thinking, well, what was that all for? Or this was a waste or the ultimate sacrifice was for nothing or, or worse coming from a military family. What, what is something I can do? Um, or should I just, you know, click care on Facebook uh, to <laughs> a post or, or what, <laughs> what can I actually do to do something meaningful uh, to support my my military brothers and sisters and their families during what what's got to be one of the most difficult times in an already difficult life? Well, I think that this is going to sound so silly and so minor, 
But one of the biggest things you could do is write a letter or send a send a send a message instead of just you know hitting the care button. If you send a personal message, you know, and that is huge. I mean, just for example, thinking about when we moved to Germany, um, we had just gotten there, and my cousin had sent us. I had I had a piece of mail already. My cousin had sent a Christmas card. And I mean, it brought tears to my eyes because she cared enough to get my address after we just moved. And that was huge. And so I think for for us, even like single soldiers in the barracks or um, even soldiers that have served prior, um, just a thank you saying thank you for your service or I'm thinking about you. I'm praying for you. Those are really small things. but. They're huge to to us. We love stuff from home. Love it. I can only imagine. Because, I mean, it, you miss home, getting a piece of it, and something meaningful um, instead of the care button, <laughs> which I, I'm not a big fan of. I use the care button, but you know, it's, it's only as a last resort whenever clicking like is weird right? and clicking sad is too much. And then you're like, it's a, it's a care button post. Um, I, I prefer to probably make a comment. I don't know, but yeah, I, 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 I know that a lot of it comes down to, and this isn't to belittle prayer, but I, you just say a prayer sometimes and pray that God will be close to those that are hurting, yes. um, and close to those that, that need him the most. Cause when you're overseas, it's so lonely yes. and you moving over there, how many kids do you have now? We have two. Two kids, and were they born? How, how did how did your family grow during the last two decades? Well, um, Emily was born at Launchstool in the Army Hospital, and then Colin was born at Fort Knox in Kentucky. So, one of the funny things is, is the four of us we are, have all been born at different places, and so in states. And Emily was born in Germany, and so when people ask us where we're from, <laughs> you know, we're like, uh. Well, he was born in New York. I was born in Indiana. Emily was born in Germany. Colin was born in Kentucky. I, do you mean, you know, this is another one of the military jokes. Do you mean where I'm from now? Do you mean where I'm getting ready to move to? Do you mean where we just came from? Do you mean where our driver's license is? Do you remember, <laughs> do you mean where our car's registered? What do you mean by that question? That's what hard, really hard question for us to answer. So yeah, our family, that my daughter, she's 14 and she just asked me, she's like, mom, where am I from? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, baby. I mean, you're a military kid. That's part of being a military kid is you just, we, we don't really have a home. We don't have a home state. We're from everywhere. <laughs> yeah, I, I know a little bit about that. My wife is a military kid. And so, you know, everywhere from Virginia to Washington to Guatemala, yep. uh, you know, she just picks a place. Um, I think she generally says like Alabama or something, <laughs> uh, you know, just USA. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> a different Fort X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So going going with your kids overseas and, and them moving around. What's something about just going overseas or or family life in the military that you didn't expect, but has maybe just become normal for you now, besides moving every two to three years? I would say one thing I didn't expect, um, I guess COVID has made this a big deal, 
was being at a place and not being able to come home. That's not something that we expected. We, you know, we had bought tickets to come home and then we, we had to cancel because the army had put out, you know, we couldn't, we couldn't travel overseas and, you know, so many unknowns that, so that was something that was definitely not, not expected when you go overseas you think oh i'll you know maybe i could come home for christmas or maybe we could come home this summer but yeah that's but that that that, i feel like that's kind of covid specific i don't know if that really answers that question very well (laughs) well it makes sense to me because that even happened here as people were trying to figure out where they should go and what they should do but multiplied times however many when you're overseas just wanting to go home yeah, uh, I can only imagine that too. Shifting just a little, because we're almost out of time here. But uh, you know, there might be list, uh, somebody listening who is right where you were back when you were talking in the 2000, 2001. Uh, they're young. The world is ahead of them, and and all of a sudden, coming into their life is a choice, or you know, the the impending future of either joining the military. Um, or being someone who is the spouse of someone who's considered joining the military and what you're going through and have gone through over the last two decades, they're about to embark on that. Uh, what would be something you would tell to, to somebody who's young, uh, who's about to start where you were a long time ago? Well, recently I tried to get this college student to join the army and he looked at me and he said, are you like, do you get paid? Do you get paid to do this job? Do you get paid to have people like join the army? And anyway, but I told him, I'm like, no, I just, I love this lifestyle. I mean, it's, it is hard. It is challenging, but man, I mean, right now as we're transitioning, I miss our community. I miss the people who get it. I miss, um, the life. It's kind of weird because when you're in it, you think, oh, I'm ready to get out. But then when you're out, you're like, no, I miss that. <laughs> because that's what's familiar. But I I mean, we really, the army has been really good to us, this army life. Um, just, just because, you know, there's so many offered, there's opportunities to travel, you know, when there's not COVID, but there's opportunities for um, friendships that last a lifetime. Uh, just so many really great things that, that, I mean, I could, yeah, sit down with a cup of coffee and talk about all the great things. And then by the time you leave, you know, you'd be like, wow, does she get paid to, <laughs> is she a recruiter? And that is just a spouse. This is kind of weird, but <laughs> I just, I really think that um, the army just really needs the military in general needs some good leaders. They need good spouses. You know, they need people. Um, they need people who love Jesus, who will come in and uh, show show that there's hope beyond the army. That there's something available for you. That you know that that you that that when the army gives you a direction to go, well, God already knew that. He already planned that. So it it is a it is a good it is a good life and. and I mean, I think, you know, I always tell my husband all the time I'm ready to retire and get out. But, you know, I, <laughs> I don't know, three weeks, three weeks of transitioning and 
being without the commissary and the PX, I went back in and I was like, wow, this is home. This is what's normal. This seems right. <laughs> I've kind of missed it. Kind of weird. Well, I hear I hear weaving through that uh, that talk to somebody who's just starting out more of that community aspect um, and accentuating as Mary Poppins as it sounds, accentuating the positive and understanding the opportunities and the the opportunity for development and growth and understanding that God is with you and that you're right where you're supposed to be and you're needed and you're wanted and while this becomes a part of you know what you do your identity is in Christ and you know you can have an impact there uh, and I, I love that you you turned it around because we've talked a lot <laughs> we've talked a lot in this episode about you know the hard things um, you know and and how to be resilient under pressure and we apparently coined a new uh, term uh, force flexibility if that's right. a thing uh, so I love that you switched around to positive things and and moving towards this this last thing at the end of episodes I love to give people an opportunity just to talk directly to the listeners um, and and tell them if there's just one thing maybe we've talked about it today. Uh, something in your your following after Christ that that you want people to really remember. If you can tell them just one thing here at the end, what would that be? And as funny as this may sound to you, it would be to read your Bible, to find your hope in Christ. And that, I mean, that transcends all everything, like military, civilian life, whatever. Um, when when you have questions and you're you know, you're fearful or there's anxiety or there's fear. Where do we go? Where do we find hope? And we find, I mean, I can't even tell you how many times I have been, I mean, just that anxiety that builds up and I've had that over and over. And then I reach for my Bible and Psalms have been, has been huge. The, um, the book of Psalms has just been so so soothing for for the fears that fear of the future, fear of the unknown, fear of what's going to happen, and um, I would say that that would be my one takeaway. It would be grab your Bible when you have those feelings and those those that craziness and the heaviness and the weight of the military life, or you know even to the veterans and what they're going through now. You know, uh, grab your Bible and and look through the Psalms and, you know, watch how David dealt with those exact same feelings and thoughts and look at what he did and how he walked through that. And, you know, you'll, you'll find hope there. I love it. Thank you, Missy, so much for this conversation. Thank you for letting us in on uh, military life, pulling back that curtain just a little bit. I know civilians can't truly understand everything but uh you know the more we understand as we talked earlier about others perspective the more we can have empathy and subsequently uh in more support and unity um and and i'll be one and i hope everyone who's listening will do it as well if you know a veteran or you know somebody who has uh, sacrificed for our country over the last 20 years or even before that reach out to them like missy said do something personal write a note 
uh, dig into the Psalms and find a scripture that that could be meaningful right now to them. Uh, Tell them how much you love and support them and that they didn't do something for nothing. We recognize them right where they are. They are valuable. They always have been, and their sacrifices are not for nothing. They're not in vain. I'm going to do that right after this episode. I hope everyone else will too. Missy, thank you so much for coming on Grace Story Podcast. I truly appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks so much. It was great. And thank you, listener, for joining in on this episode. I hope you will join me, uh, like we talked about here, in reaching out to our service men and women uh, and letting them know that we're thinking about them. We may not fully understand. We're doing our best to empathize. But just find a way to be of encouragement and, and let them know that the sacrifices they have made and that their families have made over uh, the, the years are not for nothing. Uh, they made differences along the way uh, and we care we, we're, and we're there for them in any way that we possibly can be. Uh, if you want to, uh, I'd share this episode with them. Um, and if you want to give them more resources or you need more resources for veteran uh, veterans, one way that we, uh, one resource rather that we recommend is uh, Courage to Fight Again and they have a podcast hosted by Aaron Perkins, who is a veteran. He served in Iraq, and uh, he he has a podcast called We Served, Now What? Um, and it helps veterans find their purpose after military life. Uh, we'll have a link in the show notes for you. Uh, Aaron Perkins does a great job over there. I've known him for years. Uh, he's an awesome guy, and he has a heart for helping people and a resource for specifically helping veterans. Uh, for you that want to still come to conference and you haven't gotten your registration squared away, you can still use the podcast 25 on uh, greatstoryministries.com. Just head on over there and type that in and you'll save 25% off your registration price. Get that all set up. November will be here before you know it. And I hope to see you there. If you enjoyed this episode, make sure to share it. Uh, Word of mouth is the best way to keep this podcast growing. Uh, We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Our next guest is Dorsey Ross. And man, does he have a story to share of overcoming obstacles when it comes to physical disabilities. Um, What does it mean to overcome an obstacle that you just can't get rid of? It's it's a part of your makeup. It's a part of uh, your your physical structure and the way you go about life. Um, And he's going to share with us. uh, He's a fantastic guy who has a podcast and a ministry. He's a motivational speaker. You're not going to want to miss it. As always, we will be back in two weeks. I hope you'll join us. There's no us without you here. So we we want you to tune in. uh, And until then, we'll be praying for you on your journey of restoration. See you next time.